Does money buy happiness? If you agree, smash thumbs up. If you say absolutely not, smash thumbs down. And if you like today's episode, subscribe to the channel. So let's get right into it. There's a few things we're going to look at. One, the correlation between the income you make and the level of happiness that you have. Two, we will look at a study that Harvard did. It's like a 100-year study that they did tracking 268 people from 19, I think, 38. It's an 80-year study from 1938. One of them was a president, John F. Kennedy, and every year they followed up with them to see if they were happy and what made them happy. And at the end, they figured out what was the most important thing that made these people happy. Some of them became schizophrenic. Some of them became alcoholics. Some of them committed suicide. Some of them became lawyers, doctors, attorneys, millionaires, billionaires, and obviously one of them presidents. It'll be interesting to see what you think brings happiness. Now, let's first take a look at income if money buys Happiness. This is a great article written here by Visual Capitalist. I highly recommend you go visit their website. And I wrote it here. Does money buy happiness? And the number shows that at around $75,000 to $80,000, it used to be $75,000 where you went to the happier side. Now it's $80,000. And it just shows if you make $15,000 a year, your standard deviation from mean response is you're about 0.34 less likely to be happy at $15,000. Then it goes a little bit happier as you go up, if you notice this thing here, until you get to 80. At about 80, your expenses are covered for the most part. You are having an okay life. You're not stressed out. You don't have a lot of things you're worried about. You're doing okay for yourself. But then guess what happens? When you get to six figure, uh uh-oh, you're a little bit happier. When you get to 175.17 happier, 400,000.35, 625.38, and you can kind of get the idea. And there's three things they talk about on the bottom here. Why why does money buy happiness? The report warns that any theories behind our happiness increase with income are purely speculative. However, it does list a few possibilities. Increased comfort. As someone earns more, they may have the ability to purchase things that reduce suffering. This is particularly true when comparing low to moderate incomes. Larger incomes below 80,000, you know, show... Uh, still showed a strong association with reduced negative feelings, more control. You get to kind of choose what you want to do. So essentially, money matters. That's what they're talking about in this article. Now, over here, this is the study we we're talking about with Harvard. Here's what the study looks like. Scientists began tracking the health of 268 Harvard sophomores in 1938 during the Great Depression. They hoped the longitudinal study would reveal close to leading healthy and happy lives. So every year they would follow up with them. And this has been going on now for 83 years. And it kind of gives you an idea what some of these folks were. And by the way, to get into a little bit more of the original Harvard core recruited as part of the grand study, only 19 are still alive. They're all in their mid nineties. Among the original recruits were eventual president John F. Kennedy, longtime Washington Post editor, Ben Bradley, Women weren't in the original study because the college was still all male in 1938. Eventually, in addition to that, the scientists expanded their search to include the men's offspring who now number 1300 and are in their 50s, 60s to find out how early life experiences affect health and aging over time. Some participants went on to become successful businessmen, doctors, lawyers, and others ended up being schizophrenics, alcoholics, but not on inevitable tracks. So this is what they came up with at the end of it when they went through it. The surprising finding is that our relationships and how happy we are in our relationships has powerful influence on our health. This is Robert 
Waldinger, director of the study, a psychiatrist at Massachusetts General Hospital and a professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School said, taking care of your body is important, but tending to your relationship is a form of form of self-care too. That, I, t- I think, is the revelation. Look what he continues to say. Over here, the speaker, when he gave this TED Talk, this video, I think, has got 20 million views. You have to see it. He says, when we gathered together everything we knew about them about at age 50, it wasn't their middle-aged cholesterol level that predicted how they were going to get to grow old. It was how satisfied they were in their relationship. The people who were the most satisfied in their relationships at the age 50 were the healthiest at age 80. Is that not interesting, by the way? How healthy your relationships are at 50 determine how healthy you would be in your 80s. And he has a line that it says, Robert, this doctor here, loneliness kills. It's as powerful as smoking or alcoholism. What a powerful quote to say in regards to loneliness. When the study began, nobody cared about empathy or attachment. But the key to healthy aging is relationships, relationships, and more relationships. And on the bottom here says something very interesting. It's easy to get isolated, to get caught up in work and not remembering, oh, I haven't seen these friends in a long time. So I try to pay more attention to my relationships than I used to. What an interesting thing to say. So far, we know two different things. We know one, on one end, money can buy happiness when you make over a certain amount of income. And number two is we know what people value and live longer, healthier, happier lives, the stronger the relationships. By the way, when you look at money, the margin for happiness gets thinner the more you make. Meaning, you live a different life when you have $1,000 in a bank versus you have $100,000 in a bank, right? Because $1,000 in a bank, you're living paycheck to paycheck. Oh my gosh, I don't know how to pay the rent. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to make the car payment, family, school, all this stuff. It's stressful. You got $100,000 in a bank and you got a stream of income coming. You're making 80, 100 grand a year, $200,000 a year. You're not really that stressed out. There's a big difference between 100 grand and a million dollars. Million dollars, you can do other investments. You can be patient. You can have the power of saying no. But the difference between a million, two million, not that big of a difference. Million, 10 million, big difference. 10 million, 100 million, big difference. 100 billion, a billion, big difference. A billion, three billion, probably not that big of a difference. 10 billion against 28 billion, probably not that big of a difference. The margin gets thinner. If you're a billionaire, you everybody that's worth a billion, you're going to the, you can afford to go to the highest, most expensive restaurant go to the highest, you know, most exclusive club, hotel, four seasons, travel the world, jet, cars, house, $50 million home, jewelry, collection, artwork. You can have all of that stuff. Can you afford a sports team where you're a majority owner at a billion dollars today? Basketball? Probably not. Five billion? Probably yes. Those are some of the differentiators, but the margin for happiness is very thin. Now, there's a couple other things I have. For me, I think a part of happiness has to do with culture and where you come from. Currency for happiness is different. This is Forbes article from 2020. The article is from March 2020, March 20th, 2020, top 20 happiest countries, filling at the top, then Denmark, Switzerland, Iceland, Norway, uh, Netherlands, Sweden, New Zealand, Austria, Luxembourg, Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, Israel, Costa Rica, Ireland, Germany, U.S. at 18 spot, Czech Republic, Belgium, the 10 unhappiest places, uh, Afghanistan, number one, South Sudan, Zimbabwe, Rwanda, Central African, Republic, Tanzania, Botswana, Yemen, Malawi, India, right? Now, so if you go to the happiest, what is the currency in some of these countries? Is it competition? Is it winning? What is it? So imagine the family you're raised in. 
whatever values and principles your parents set for being successful, if it's you get a college degree, you're you're successful. If in that family you get a college degree because all both your parents are, you know, they have degrees, you're successful. If they're athletes, you become an athlete success. If they play guitar, piano, music, okay, successful. If they're educators, if they're doctors, if they're lawyers, if they're business people, if they're politicians, you see kind of what happens. If you read books, if you exercise in the house, if you pray, if you go to church, if you're military, if you're tough, if you can shoot, hunt, cook, this is all cultural, right? For currency, for happiness. I'm going to add a couple of different things from my own experiences to it. From what made me happy and what I've experienced from other people that make happy, that I've witnessed myself. Uh, almost anybody I've met that's extremely grateful, they're some of the happiest people I've met, okay? You got music, generates happiness. You got experiences. You can buy all the nice cars in the world or you can go to Italy. Like for me, I've owned Ferraris, Lambos, Porsches, Rolls Royce, you name them. I've owned a lot of exotic cars, but I probably remember the story of me going to Italy at Marinello, when I went to the headquarters of Ferrari, where the three-time Ferrari world champion took me for a drive, was dr- teaching me how to drive a Ferrari. I was driving a 458 going 168 miles an hour. I have the video till today. It's pouring. I'm flying through the streets. He's saying, step on it. Don't be afraid. Step on it. Why are you scared? Step on it. I'm like, this guy's crazy. He's absolutely crazy. <laughs> Just going, right? Oh, I will never forget that story. That's an experience, right? Exhilarating. When you see me at the end of this car when I'm going, I'm laughing so loud, it's not even funny. You feel the experience. Books, reading, you close your eyes, the imagination takes you and paints a picture. It's a form of being happy. Writing, you're releasing your thoughts. It's like weight being lifted off your back when you're releasing it. Comedy, humor, a great conversation, a great debate, a great person to be counted on. Somebody who counts on you, somebody who's relying on you to make the right decisions. That is a form of happiness. That is a form of fulfillment. Playing games, playing Monopoly, playing Rami, playing Spades, playing Domino with your friends and you're going back and playing Monopoly. There's a certain sense of happiness that that creates. So this is where the guy at the end was talking about how, uh, you know, I have to be a little bit more aware to be around my friends because these relationships I value more today than I did before. So if you're watching this right now, the debate at the beginning, I told you, I ask you, if you believe money buys you happiness or not, I said, put thumbs up. If you don't put thumbs down, is it still accurate for you? Are you still in the same place? But if you enjoyed today's video, definitely subscribe to the channel. So in closing, I asked this question before I even made the episode on Twitter. I said, does money buy happiness? I got a lot of different responses. One of the guys said the following, says, I don't know if it buys happiness, but I've never seen an unhappy person on a jet ski, <laughs> which was funny. Another one I saw was, uh, it may not buy you happiness, but the happiest place on earth, Disneyland, will not let you in without money, which means, hey, if you want to go to the happiest place on earth, you kind of need money, which the premise is you kind of need some money to be able to do some of the things that makes you happy. But at the same time, if you want to make money to put it in other people's faces, I don't know if that's a form of happiness. It may work for you short-term, mid-term, but it's not going to work long-term because eventually you're going to realize the value of very, very, very good relationships that help lift you up. And the greater the relationship that help you challenge to keep getting better versus those that pull you down, the happier you are long-term because you're on an environment that's challenging you to constantly be getting better. With that being said, if you still say money doesn't buy happiness... 
put thumbs down. But if you say now, money does buy happiness, smash that thumbs up button. And regardless of it all, if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the channel. Got another video I want you to watch. I did four or five years ago titled How to Find Great Friends, How to Build Great Friends. If you've never seen this video, click over here to go watch it. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.